Out of the 95 Best Picture winners, only one will be crowned the bestest of the best. This is the final stretch of the quest for the bestest from Backlot Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Abram Buner, Tucker Hazel, and Tanner Dykstra. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlot Banter. The episode gets started in just a moment. Hey everybody, welcome back to the quest for the bestest. It's the podcast from Backlot Banter where we view and review every single best picture winner. And that is what we are here to talk about today because we have a brand new winter, a new winter, a new winner last night. At, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter, winter, winter has, has all, happened, has come. It has winter already has arrived. Mm -hmm. yeah. Summer's next. Bowser is coming, I think, too, right? Bowser is coming. <laughs> to Kamala's chagrin. Today, we are talking about, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once, which took home the big prize just last night at yeah, the Academy the Awards. Uh, yeah. They didn't just take home the, uh, the, the top prize, prize, though. Quite a number of other awards were handed out to the film, and a, uh, a pretty tame ceremony, I would say. They yeah. did not... Comparatively to last year. Yeah, they <laughs> made a point not. of it. Yeah, they really were. There was a bear. There was a bear. That is true. <laughs> yeah. There was a bear. But today, we have a new challenge. We've been on our side quest. A bear of a challenge. Really, yeah. To, uh, we've been trying to look at all the nominees, but now that the nominees don't matter, because everything, everywhere, all at once took home the prize, we have I'll to figure think about out. Any of those builder movies again? Never, <laughs> never ever. ever. We've got to put this movie on the big giant list and uh, sort out this. Uh, any yeah. differences? Any ties? Any uh, any anything really that comes up? Anything really? Anything anywhere? All, all at once. Yep. Hopefully every, not every all at once. Hopefully we can. Hopefully we can let each other talk a little bit. Yeah. Well, we are in person. We are in person. We, yeah. That needs to be addressed. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk over each other just because in person we, don't, we don't respect each other. No. <laughs> it's we, yeah, we it's no longer Zoom's fault. No, right? no, no, no. It's all our own fault. It's just obvious. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you read out the wins and odds? Sure. Uh, Tucker, do you want to get a? Does anyone get a, a comment pulled up on our most recent? I don't. But if too? you do, if you do noms, no, then it's I'll, my job. Oh, wins and noms. Here we go. Okay. Wins and noms. So now. Everything Everywhere All at Once is our 95th Best Picture winner. Yes. Yep. It also won Best Original Screenplay from Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, Best Achievement in Directing from Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. These guys got their grubby hands all over this thing. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Performance by an actress in a leading role from Michelle Yeoh. Performance by an actress in a supporting role, Jamie Lee Curtis. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Performance by an actor in a supporting role, Katie Kwan. Achievement in Directing by Paul Rogers. It was nominated in the following categories, but did not wait, win them. Wait, wait, in... directing again? What? what? I said editing. I said editing. No, you yeah. did not. You did directing. Excuse but... me. Film editing. Yes. Paul Rogers. Yes, that uh -huh. makes more sense. Nominated in the following categories, but did not win them. Original score by Son Lux. Uh, original song written for a motion picture for This Is a Life by David Byrne and Mitski. Uh, Stephanie Sue was nominated for actress in a supporting role. It was also nominated for best costume design. Yep. Mm -hmm. Seven wins out of 11 nominations. Yeah. Which Pretty, is the most yes. of both of those categories. Yeah. Winning and nominating. <laughs> yeah. It's the most winningest movie and the most nominated. Nominingest movie. Yeah. No, most yeah, nominated. Yes. I want to read a comment from our treasured son, John Tor, and I yeah. want to read it from The Fablemans because. <gasps> Half of the nominees. Wait, what's that? I don't remember that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't That's win. exactly the point. Uh -huh. Five of the nominees, Tanner, you probably have them top of your head, did not get any awards. Elvis, Banshees, Triangle of Sadness, Tar, Tar, and Fablemans. Yes. Dang. Crazy. After Sun didn't get anything either. No. That's just true. To throw it out Neither there. did Living. Neither did Babylon. Neither did Babylon. Ne Being Neither upset Babylon. there. No yeah. score. But John Tor says, and there's a lot of others here, so bear with me. Loved this one. Oh, I see. Spielberg's heart and sweetness can be just a bit too much at times, but this was just perfect. I so related to his family, the three sisters, the parents breaking up. Loved that John Ford scene. I think this is my favorite. 9.2 out of 10. Hubble wins nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, John Tor. Hey, Why did do you say that? <laughs> so many thoughts, but I don't have the time. The Academy... The Academy Ceremony starts in literally two hours and 44 minutes, and I have to watch women talking first. <laughs> well, he has plenty of time. Well, he, hopefully, he was John able Torf, to fit it in. Let us know he if did. he did. He did, and he left a comment. Oh, did he? Okay, okay. Right, right. On women talking? Unless I'm losing my marbles. God, who knows? Impossible <laughs> There's no way in Wait, what's that movie? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah honestly. Time. Last time. Hey, well, that got an award, though. That one did get oh, an award. Oh, no, I remember yeah. it now. Yeah. All right, enough, enough being jocular. Let's get serious. Okay. Yeah, Everything serious Everywhere All at Once is our 95th Best Picture winner. Yes. 
And Talker, it's your second favorite film of all time. Yes, I need to know how you feel about it first. This is the most satisfied I've ever been at an award show for multiple reasons across the award show. Um, my favorite lead performance of all time, my favorite acting performance of all time with Brendan Fraser in The Whale. One, I was very worried that that was not going to happen. I thought Austin Butler had it in the bag, and I counter predicted myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, if if Butler wins and I predict it, at least I've had predicting it. But if I don't predict it, then I'll have lost both ways. Yeah. Um, so I counter predicted that a, a bunch, as I mentioned in our predictions video. Um, so that was great. And across the board, this movie winning is is it's surreal to me. Of course, that's been the track record for mm -hmm. this season. It has been winning everything all at once. Um, it is the most awarded film of all time, which I don't think we addressed. Yeah, wow. that is. Um, 158 awards. Now add seven to that. Yes. So 110. <laughs> that's not right. Uh, one, 165 now. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's Return of the King next. Yes. yes. And do you know that like a differential roughly? Um, one a Return of the King is at like 106. I yeah. don't think it cracked 110. Okay. Wow. So, um, but okay. even if you because people people analyze this, even if you take away like the awards bodies that were added since Return of the King, it still wins. Yeah. It's and still it, even if you limit it to only the two the uh, the award ceremonies that nominated both of them. Yes. But anyway, Tucker, get to the heart of why you find this win so surreal and your, your real thoughts on this as his best picture yeah, right now. Because Daniels as a directing duo have meant a lot to me for years now. Even before I saw everything ever at once, I was one of the OGs. I was there. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Shiner, you're watching this. I know. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Swiss Army Man was in my top five favorite movies. Do you recall, Tucker, I saw upon this very couch, you and yes, I sat and watched right here. that movie. Yeah, lots of, right on that lots stain. of things happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right on that stain, yeah. Uh, and I, I've seen Swiss Army Man four or five times, and I've also seen Everything Ever Once four or five times. And because of their brand of humor, the style that um, fuses comedy with drama with surrealism, I never expected the quote-unquote sequel, the follow-up to um, Swiss Army Man mm -hmm. to be anything. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's apparently everything. Um, being one of the highest winning films of the last, like, 15 years at the Oscars. I think the next one back is Slumdog Millionaire in 2008. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, and the only one that, like, goes far beyond that is, ooh, something in 2004 or five or something. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Um, crash. No, certainly not Crash. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the early 2000s movies. Mm -hmm. um, and I always thought that me liking Swiss Army Man and showing it to people, I showed it to my uncle, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I, it, that's the reaction that mm -hmm. I expected. Everything, all, everything, everywhere, all at once to get, um, and then people started liking it and started um, winning and not being nominated for things and, and shot winning to the things top of the letterbox mm -hmm. two fifty. Sat yeah. there for a while. It, it was it was number one, right? For, yeah. for a bit, yeah. 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 And it's floating in like fifth to fifteen range, I think, mm -hmm. right now. Um, but it like it. It makes me feel like I'm justified in my movie taste, which doesn't happen very often because mm. I'm one to like Batman and Robin and Friday the 13th Part 9 <laughs> and, and like just a bunch of really weird yeah, things yeah. that most people don't like. Um, and this it, it validates me. Uh, and that that feels very nice. And I still was holding out like a hole of, of dread that it wasn't going to happen, mm. that it was going to lose screenplay to Banshees, oh, and, and Kate's probably going to win Actress, and directing, well, okay, they probably got directing, but mm -hmm. no, let's see if that's strong enough. And, you know, it got all of them. It, it won all those awards. Yeah. Um. So, and being, I think, also uh, the winning the most above-the-line categories in Oscars history with six. Yeah. Wow. Because it won three acting awards, which has barely ever happened, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I'm happy with this, I would say. Yeah. I yeah. think so. I think that's fair. I, that's, that's, Is that that's, a good summation? That's a good summation, Tucker. Yeah. yeah. Happy? Well, who else would like to go? I can go. Okay, go ahead, Timo. Um, I kind of... We've talked about this a, a bit, about this specific movie, mm -hmm. but I really like what this has to say about the Academy and their thinking about cinema and what movies are valuable and important and where films can go looking forward. I think the Daniels last night spoke about their knowledge they one of uh one of them yes was when he was up there giving one of his speeches Just talked say about daniel daniel when daniel said <laughs> yeah, yes I he says daniel daniel said that um the the they were you know very conscious of the internet and the way that um you know modern society and culture is represent like chooses to represent itself and then gets represented in movies I think that these guys just kind of know how modern people are thinking and the sensibilities of modern 
you know, audiences are represented and especially younger audiences. I think this yeah. film really plays well to people our age and even younger who wrestle with a lot of different feelings than the people like Spielberg. Spielberg yeah. in his thinking about his anxieties in the world as is, I think, fundamentally at a different spot yeah. in his mind. And that ends state. up with him making Munich or the post or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And so the Daniels are in the in the contemporary mind space of young, hip, cool, mm -hmm. intelligent Oscar cool. viewers like yeah. ourselves. Um, you look and, at Daniel Shiner and you're like, That's that cool man's guy. cool. Cool. I, I say that. Yeah. yeah. Not well, <laughs> well. Lots of people think he, you know, he, he's a he's after a, tonight. He's cool. Well, he, he, he's or, a, not he's tonight. A, yes, he's yes a, tonight. Well, he's a thrift we store our... dressing individual. That's cool yeah. with the kids nowadays. Yeah, he's got yeah. the glasses with the thing that goes. Yeah, on the exactly. Back. It's it, it's it's that it's that exact same type of like that relation to the to to what people are liking and looking like and feeling mm -hmm. like nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I but just I... want to note real quick that if you recall, a year ago, Everything Everywhere premiered as the opening night film at South by Southwest, mm -hmm. and today I'm at the festival. Yeah, and before the movie that I saw, Wait, they what got what premiered first. Uh, this year, what will be the next pick? Uh, next uh, best picture, Dungeons, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. And Dragons. Let's go! Yes, the new best picture. Game. So um, South by Southwest is patting themselves yeah. on the back for that programming decision because it that is where the movie got its start. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and yeah. I think that you know it's surprising and admirable to see a film come out so early in the year, maintain that speed, and yeah. uh, the only gain momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And re remain relevant and have yeah. people talk about it for months and months and months. Well, I was remarking about this at Tanner this morning. Um, well, 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 Lazy Bones is in bed still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had my little nightcap on. Yeah. I, I actually had I had pajamas that go all the way down my body and they end at the feet as well. Yeah. yeah. With his little candle <laughs> by the bed. Uh -huh. uh, we were talking about how back when the film came out and we were all seeing it, this sort of joking refrain of, but it's not getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it felt the same way about Top Gun Maverick, but most salient of this conversation, everything everywhere. Um, and I, I think the, the more distance I get from the film, and especially after my rewatch, I grow colder on the movie, not anywhere below liking the movie a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but I think it's being crystallized a little bit by what you're saying, Timo, of like, I I don't relate to like the the, the young person's headspace <laughs> in a lot of ways. So so I think there's like a yeah, these guys ten years older than you. Yeah, <laughs> they there's, do. There's like a uh, for me there's a there's a distance between the tone and the humor of everything everywhere and kind of how it hits me. Sure. But nonetheless, I, I I like the idea that it hit the academy. Whether it hit them and they received it or it was a brick through the window, mm -hmm. the fact that mm -hmm. this is what they wanted to recognize, I think, is important. So it was nowhere near. I mean. It, Relative to ten films, it was near my favorite, but there were several above it that I, I wanted to win more. But I don't think any of them would have mattered in the way that this film winning yeah. mattered. Yeah. And now that I no longer have to fight for my life to get other movies in our personal ranking higher than everything everywhere, yeah, we can. Reflect. You succeeded once. Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> we can reflect on it. I think and say that yes, if you look at the Oscars as what they are, which is not a a barometer for quality, but a barometer for culture or, yeah. or whatever yeah. you want to call the barometer for. Yeah, this was the film to win. Mm -hmm. That yeah, that's those are my thoughts exactly. Yeah. Is that at the end of the day, in the oeuvre of best picture winners, the ninety-five years that we've had, looking at the our ten for this year, there is no other film that I would have rather have seen win, mm. because this seems the it is the. I've, I'm not the first one to say it's the most different. It's the most fresh. It's the most unique. It's the most modern. It's it is the most seemingly futuristic in the way that it, right. it, in, yeah. in how it is using film and writing and performance and all of these things. I mean, we see it's it's multiversal and, you know, these these are concepts that are being introduced to the, to the modern audience right now. Um, but it is uh, inspired by Internet culture, as we analyzed in our review yeah. and have the Daniels, as the Daniels have said multiple times in their speeches and whatnot. So and is like painfully obvious in the movie. Itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The text displays the. And so, yeah, I think culturally it just makes sense that this is the Best Picture winner. And that, that, can't, that can't be said of every single Best Picture winner. The Academy has gotten it wrong a lot of times. Yeah. They didn't seem to have get, get, they don't seem to have gotten it wrong here. And I think it's interesting uh, at least to, to speculate, and we don't have to do this here, but people on Twitter have been doing it already on the bold new direction that this, this means for the Academy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something interesting that I thought about a lot. And where do you draw that line for the bold new direction? And for me, it's Moonlight. Mm 
and, yeah. and why I will not put the onus on everything everywhere to be the transition point. Because I do think that if you look at the early 2010s lineup that includes the uh, the King's Speech and Argo and movies that I like but mm-hmm. don't feel modern in the same way. And frankly, some of them feel kind of backwards looking. The King's Speech could have been a 90s Miramax picture that wouldn't yeah. feel out of place. And, and like, I think the Academy a, couple, a year or two ago took a poll and like, yeah, in retrospect, the social network was the was the obvious yeah. choice at the, in that in that 2010 lineup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I and I this think... choice will not age poorly, which I think is something that you can not say about a lot of best picture winners, especially as we continue to look back and we're like, wow, that beat Vertigo yeah. or like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the the Moonlight line I draw because. Moonlight, Shape of Water, Nomadland, Coda, Green Book being the outlier, uh-huh. Green Book being the outlier. There's, def- I think, there's definitely a tonal shift there yeah. towards the indie and the um, personal in a different mm-hmm. kind of way. And everything, everywhere, all at once, does for me kind of feel like the culmination of this. Mm. A movie that comes from, uh, I think, maybe a lower budget than most of the. Uh, yeah, I don't know, compared to Moonlight. But, or but he, yeah. what, what I will, I will always bring up the the Louis B. Mayer quote about the. The, the purpose of the Oscars in the fusion of art and business. And you think about Moonlight as an A24 movie that really lends it, that is a, an extremely artistic piece and plays much like a Coda or a Nomadland does as a small movie. And as a, like it ga- Moonlight gained, it's a critical reception worthy of such a quality film. But I feel like the, the Academy then after picked some, these smaller movies like Nomadland that, to me, seems a very pessimistic, very COVID-informed choice yep, that they were not happy with where the we, world was. We were was railing at against Amazon at the time, and yeah, yeah all, all and these we still things. are. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but the Academy now, I think, re- in reflecting its move towards a business-friendlier, they're going back towards a business-friendlier lineup in picking films like Avatar and sure. Top Gun, yeah. and films that you cannot argue that the this year's nominees were not commercially viable films. Yes. I think like for the first time in a long time. I someone, think, yeah. Well, someone, not all of them. Someone from the LA Times did try to say that no one cares about the Oscars so, yeah. because none of the no one saw any of the movies when the best picture lineup made over four billion dollars like, in the box I think, office. I think our fusion and in looking at it at a more micro level with everything everywhere, it is still a small movie, but it still did very well in the theaters, and it still showed that like. You know, a, a movie can be good and still make money and still yeah. be worthy of. I think that there is merit to the Oscars rewarding films that do well commercially yeah. and and taking you know, not just a solitary artistic approach, which has I felt like has led them to the 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 wobbliness of the two previous years. But this year, to me, feels like they've they balanced. St- they balanced, yeah. stabilized the boat yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit, and uh, the the boat rocking yeah. is, has seemed to subside, and we're in a, a maybe the beginning of a stable we'll period. We, we real the the future mm-hmm. hard to know. I also really like everything everywhere, as you guys are saying, a sort of a cultural lens into the moment. I mean, this is a strange comparison to draw, but when we talk about Miss Miniver, we're talking about it as American World War II propaganda. This Mm. is not propaganda for anybody. Or Midnight Cowboy as the angsty sort of 1969, where we are after the Hayes Code has Mm -hmm. sort of sunsetted. We want to put the weird stuff in films that they would have allowed earlier. Well, it's interesting to draw both of those into comparison because I think in the case of Miss Miniver, I think when 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 you look at this film with the distance that we had from Miss Miniver, It'll be an, it'll be I an think interesting... it will reveal a lot yes, about exactly. how we think today that w- maybe we aren't fully able to read into the film just yet. And, and when we wa- and you watch yeah. this video in ninety five years, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and at the same time, to your point, Timo, what's nice about this lineup to me is even if I have issues with Avatar, the refrain amongst all the people I saw Avatar with is, "Isn't this so much better than what Disney is giving us?" Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to shit on what Disney's doing. Disney a little bit is doing Avatar. Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, Disney. Because Marvel he, and Walt Disney, right, and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The point being, Star Wars. Though, the, the point being, stand down, Tucker, stand down. The the Academy is picking the examples of of quote unquote trendy blockbuster that have an art artistic lens to it. Yeah. Mm. And I do think, by the same light as you're saying from earlier, Tanner, the way that everything everywhere interpolates these ideas of a multiverse, mm. interpolates these sort of genre fusions, and this 
quippy, but in this case, far more earnest script. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting look back onto an era defined by the sort of blockbuster yeah. Hollywood yeah. filmmaking yeah. through a lens that I think has a lot more going on yeah. in, by merit of itself, not as a piece of the cinematic universe mm-hmm. or as this or as that, but as a self-contained reflection on not only current cultural sentiment, but current trends in popular filmmaking. Well, until we get everything everywhere all at twice. All at oh, twice. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about. There, yeah. there are, Daniels, hire me. There are two <laughs> things that I really think are fascinating about this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've had a great conversation thus far. Yeah. It's about, about to get better. About, well, I'm... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm this is actually like more simple conversation, oh, I yeah. thought, um, because these are my thoughts, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've had a great conversation thus far about how it fits into... Um, how it might fit into the Best Picture winners lineup in in the coming years. But immediately after its win, this morning, two thoughts really occurred to me. One is that, just speaking plainly, the Daniels are now like Oscar-winning directors and whatever whatever films they make in the future are probably likely to be in awards conversations going forward. Interesting. That's a, that's a lot of pressure. They have the most winningest film of all time. The so whatever they make next is going gonna, is gonna to be there. Well, yeah. it does set them up for potentially a, their own Babylon, which is here is $100 million. Yeah. Do whatever Ooh, you want with it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. That, that is certainly a possibility. But knowing the track record of these guys and the air that they put on the stage about how they differ from yeah. your average Hollywood director and knowing a lot a lot about the production behind the scenes, I think that they recognize the strength of a smaller budget and the creativity that yeah. is pushed by having those limitations, especially because they are so much more earnest than your average directors. They know that what they're doing is weird and not everyone's going to like it and it's reflecting their histories and their personalities in a way that I don't think a lot of directors are open with. And even though it's possible for them to do uh, a Babylon that is gigantic and flops to the box office and- And is amazing. And we all love Babylon here. That is not a problem. And it should have won score. True. All right. Yeah, of um, course. I'll be, it, 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 atrocious, I'll even say. But is that the their production style of having a warm-up every morning and having everyone uh, stand in a circle and like pat each other on the back and like do a chant, like these elements of connecting yeah. to the cast, I think that they I think they can avoid the their quote unquote sophomore slump mm. by their next Even movie though this is their sophomore not, yeah. junior slump. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's call it that. <laughs> by doing what they do best and i think i think they have the wherewithal to not fall into to not let this go to their heads sure i agree with you completely i'm more saying their that collective I, head no i'm <laughs> yeah i'm more saying to tanner's point they suddenly have a door open to them yeah mm-hmm. they probably have that kind of budget open to them they oh, have absolutely. those expectations put upon them i mm-hmm. think that a24 will probably bankrupt themselves trying to fund their next film what was your other thought because you said you had two thoughts my other thought is simply just um this is a, as we've said multiple times, most winningest film broke Oscars history by winning the most above the line records. And does this indicate that the Oscars are more inclined to movies sweeping at the Oscars? Because personally, mm. and this is my thoughts on the whole ceremony, um, I thought that all the winners were great, but I'm also a fan of spreading the love because I love each of the films that were nominated, especially yeah. all the Best Picture nominees. I think they're all great, and I, I am I do lament a little bit that five of them, half of them, went yeah. home empty-handed. Five yeah. films that I adore. Well, well, to varying degrees. Yeah, Nine to varying films. degrees. <laughs> Four films that I adore uh, went home empty-handed, and of course, that you know, I'm not saying that we're gonna get in everything everywhere all at once every year. No. This is a this is a landmark an film. It's an anomaly of a film. Um, but we are we, we are potentially opening the door to more sweeping more sweeping happening because, as someone pointed out on Twitter.com, I don't know if you're a familiar audience. Um, Source this, this Twitter.com. Year, yeah, this year and last year we had three films that were the multiple awarded films. We yeah. had the lovable Best Picture winner that you know the crowd pleasing Best Picture winner this mm-hmm. year Everything Everywhere last year Coda, the technical achievement. Which was this year, All Quiet on the Western Front. Last year, Dune. And Dune got six. Dune got like that. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we also had the uh, actor makeup combo. Which yeah. This year was the whale, and last year was Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, Eyes of Tammy Faye. Hmm. So there seems to be a pattern going here, and 
know, two two is maybe not a hard pattern, but it seems to be growing. It's interesting to think about what that might stand as in the future as a, as an outlier um, for being a sweeper and that not happening almost at all in this century. Mm-hmm. Um, but did happen more in the past is we look back at those films like Return of the King and Ben-Hur and Titanic and like, yeah, these are the best movies of all time. They're yeah. on the top every list all every time you're going to see them. Um, and will everything ever all at once gain that reputation over the years because it's the only one that's been able to recapture that, recapture mm. the glory days of cinema. Remember when the Oscars were so cool that they give everything to one movie and <laughs> Ben-Hur would just clear, clear the way and who the hell cares about the rest of these yeah. movies? There definitely is a sentiment that a movie winning a ton is impressive and worthy of respect and puts that those movies up in those upper echelon every best movie all the time lists uh and everything everywhere could enter that over time and it'll be interesting to watch that happen as we are so into film as we are because there are definitely people who see this movie and say eh, that's recency bias mm, that yeah. is not going to stand the test of time people are going to forget about it it's too weird but I, I, as someone who loves this movie and will be championing it probably for the rest of my life, I, I champion being the catalyst for change. Is a movie comes out and yeah, there's recency bias involved, but someone has to be the one to say no. Actually, this is one of the. This does stand up there with Ben Hur and Return of the King, and yeah. I think it's better than both of those. Well, it's um, it, it, the thing is that even that is not a. That's not unpopular. It no, won Best sure, Picture. Sure, yeah. it, there's not there's not one person who's saying that. Lots of people were saying that. They were saying it for a full year, and they were saying it hard enough and loud enough that it won Best Picture. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. There's sure. another point, though, too, in that um, Al Naz is saying the Discord, which I agree with. Shout out. That mm-hmm. when... Um, Link in the description. Join it. When Sons of the Lambs was sleeping, he remembered watching it as a kid and be like, this is boring. I was just getting everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that speaks to... Uh, what we do, which is we get together at Timo's house and we drink hard seltzer and uh-huh. we yell at the TV yeah, yeah. and we watch the Oscars as an event. But when we're doing Quest for the Bestest and we're looking back on a film like um, Sons of the Lambs, mm-hmm. and we go, wow, it won all of these things. Mm-hmm. At a certain Absolutely point, deserved. Of yeah. course, this is incredible. At a certain point, the show of the Oscars and the the a film winning a lot of Oscars are different things. There's mm-hmm. an entertainment value to every. There's yes. an entertainment value to spreading the love around in the ceremony. Yeah. But there's also a sort of, to your point, Tucker, about legacy and growing yes. legacy. Yes. Yes. There's also a purpose to saying in 20 years, look back at all these awards that everything everyone yeah. won. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you, Tanner, and you're raising the point about like there should be an award for stunt filmmaking. Yes. You're totally right because I watch so many films that have so much great physical acting. John Wick, Mission Impossible, getting both this year. Mm-hmm. Finally, movies are back. Funny, movies are back. Funny again. thing, apparently, uh, everything ever all at once could have won that they, category. Very, <laughs> I, I brought. I, I also thought about that. Yeah. Is that it, if there was a stunt category, it probably would have won there too. Well, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing. I think that the idea should be. And if there was a casting category, it could have won that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this should be, I think, a different conversation we have about just improving the Oscars in terms of breadth. But there is there are awards you could introduce. Make it longer. Make it longer. Make it longer. Bring back double sound. Bring back. <laughs> there are things you could do to increase the breadth in a way that will everything everywhere else notwithstanding allow more films in just by merit of like the quote unquote Oscar movie probably doesn't have extensive stunt work the way that a Christopher, yes. Christopher McQuarrie film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And but you don't like, have to, you don't have to have Jimmy Kimmel telling the audience. Hey, also go watch The Woman King and Till, even though they weren't nominated here. Yeah. 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 Good guy, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Let's, well, well and some, take it easy well, on it. Well, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel doesn't have a. I mentioned it at the end of the uh, our, our predictions video. Just go back and watch the end of that. Yeah. I, meant, I mentioned why maybe not good guy Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> let's let's uh, think about some of these specific awards for yeah. a minute. Okay. And, and let's think about the most contentious one, of course, being Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's interesting about her win, of course, is that Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the actors. Yes. The, I but, think so. And this was her first award. Mm-hmm. So, just in the way there's a great narrative for our other winners, there's a great narrative for her, too. But it, was that the performance to, to take it? You know what I mean? And I, and I yeah. think this, this sort of speaks to the intersection of the Oscars of quality and of narrative and of Mm -hmm. culture. And when you've got like one to two of those Mm 
-hmm. Do you deserve it? Should it go to somebody else? It happens. Complicated conversation. It happens every year, and you know that's really. I think this is what we'll look back at this as is. We had a longtime beloved actor from the industry, a nepotism baby, as as is quite common uh, a word to be phrase to be thrown around on the internet nowadays. Yeah, nepo baby that the Academy loves. Everyone in Hollywood loves her. She was in a Best Picture winning film. So of course they gave her like a award for her entire career, basically. Mm, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think there's anyone who would contend that this is an award purely for her role in this film. No, right. It's an yeah. award no. for Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, and they do Halloween. that every. Yeah, it's it's an award for Halloween and all <laughs> these like, things. They're like, we should have given that. And Freaky <laughs> Friday, and True yeah. Lies, all yeah. these great films. <laughs> and you know what? We get Activia of, commercials. Activia commercials. <laughs> we get one of those very. They're 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 very common yeah. that they become they become a joke about the Academy Awards. So ultimately, looking back on the in, in years to come, I'll be like, okay. It happens. It's just another one of those, frankly. Yeah. But also probably better her than Carrie. Oh, than than Carrie Condon. Taking. Oh. If, oh. if you have to pick. Mm, I voted for Carrie. I wanted yeah. Carrie Condon to well, win. Well, I think I think it's interesting is the narrative that this creates, and versus yeah. the other narratives that the other winners would have created. This is an interesting one. It creates an interesting conversation. Yeah. But. Even though narratively, yeah, I think she's more interesting than Carrie winning, I don't think there would be many people that would contend that Jamie gave the better performance over Carrie. Yeah. Oh, or and, Stephanie Shue. And, and the, but the interesting vote. thing yeah. about narrative is I would say she's number four out of five for narrative because you talk about Angela Bassett, Hao Chong, and Stephanie Shue. Hong they Chow. All, yeah, you said her name. It's, it's okay. fine. Hong don't Chow. worry about it. Yeah. Keep going. Did I say it twice? What the hell? Are no, you? you said her name wrong. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, narrative. Narrative. Is, is, that, narrative. is that they all gave stronger performances, yeah. have the stronger narrative of being women of color in these strong roles, two of them being surprise nominations of yeah. Hong Chao and Stephanie Shu getting in. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. Um, that they would have been more memorable going into the future rather than, I guess they gave it to Jamie Lee because she had been around since Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so narratively, there's, there's only, I think she's boosted by the, by not necessarily only her narrative, but more the best picture winning narrative. Yeah. I do think that she has a very interesting role in the film. I think that the that whole weird side story that we go on in Everything Everywhere with the sausage fingers and the the like realization of on Michelle Yeoh's character part where she basically figures out that like it's possible to be happy in any given circumstance, even in this totally ridiculous one. And the way that Jamie Lee Curtis plays a tender and loving figure in that relationship, albeit sort of fictional, I mean, it's a mul- another multiverse. Mm. So is, is it really real or not? I don't know. But I oh, think it's a that, movie. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. that Jamie Lee Curtis does give a noteworthy performance yeah, in absolutely. Everything Everywhere and the is helped out by the ridiculousness of the conception of her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, man, would I wanted someone else to win? I think so, but I can logicize it and justify it. I yeah. can, you know. I don't think it's a bad winner. I think that people will narrativize it as a bad winner of, mm. oh, look, that she won over these other, uh, I personally think, more deserving roles. But when I think about that movie and I focus a little more on her performance, I think it is a deserved nomination to a certain degree. I think that t- that Timo's right, the, the narrative function that Deirdre Bobirja, great character name, serves in this movie and the variance in performance that she's able to give to where you have someone at the beginning of the movie that that is kind of an antagonist, kind of yeah. a villain, and over the course of the movie you learn about their flaws. Like that is also playing into the themes of the film, yeah. which is what makes it so strong. And as an iconic actress, giving a role that is totally off the charts of she's sitting there and she's schlubby at her desk and she's got butt plugs and then she's got hot dog fingers and she's diving down to like knee slam yeah she's doing wwe luchador (laughs) moves that is a it is a um it's a risky performance it is ridiculous and she went all in on it for the entire year no one championed this movie harder than jamie lee curtis and honestly she might be part of the reason why this movie won she was the hollywood well michelle yo is also beloved about beloved by hollywood as evidenced by her uh best actress one but not Mm -hmm. to the degree of uh of of a jamie lee curtis of course 
Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, she was a great champion of this film, much like everyone in this cast was, everyone in this crew was. They were such a cohesive unit behind the the force of good that is everything, everywhere, mm -hmm. all at once, the force of hope that it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's nowhere better evidence than the other acting wins of this film, Michelle Yeoh and Katie Kwan. Yeah. I mean, ju just listen to the cheers behind uh, from the audience when we're showing their reels and the they come up and they will tell you, they telegraphed early, who's winning that award. Yeah. Yeah. The cheers and the tears. The cheers I, and the tears. I like actually get choked up thinking about when Kia Kwan goes on stage to mm -hmm. sing his awards. Yeah. Uh, not just this one, his, when he won his, what did he win first? I forget. Did he win? One of them. He won basically everything. Yeah. BAFTA. But, but when he went first, like. The Globes. Golden Globe. The, yeah. The yeah. Globe, mm. Which I did cry listening yeah. to that speech. And, and I got close again last night because I think, again, it speaks to, it speaks to importance. And the, the sense, it, it, it it's everything from them wanting to to the editor showing the timeline in Adobe Premiere of yeah. making everything everywhere. Yeah. There there's a real sense of a personal element to this mm. film. Yeah. In addition to the significance of Michelle Yeoh being the first Asian American to yes. win uh, best lead actress and various things. There's there's a personal empowerment to all of their awards. Even Jamie Lee Curtis spent so much of her speech saying that this award is for us, it's for you. Yeah. There was a real sense that the, the, these words mean a lot to these people, but these people want to pay forward what they got. Yeah. And, Which, mm -hmm. honestly, I could count on maybe one hand the amount of times you get that of an Oscar speech. Yeah. It's usually like, thank you, I'd like to thank my family um, and, and Miramax, uh, and I will be back next year for the other dramatic role that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I wanted to, we, we talk about, uh, you know, Kei Kwan being a fantastic winner, his comeback story is incredible. Same goes for Michelle Yeoh. I was listening to, while she was on the campaign trail, she appeared on uh, Mark Maron's podcast and, and basically went through her entire career with him. Talk talked about uh, how she feels about her career now. He was in Too Leslie, right? Yeah, he was in Too Leslie. He was a producer <laughs> on that one, too. Um, but yeah, she talks about, like, after she got the role in whatever Pierce Brosnan Bond movie she was in, Tomorrow Never Dies, maybe, um, how, like, she was in, she, that was, like, her first big Hollywood film um, after doing some Asian action movies, and how like she didn't get a lot of calls after that. Yeah. Like, like she she was like, "This is my big Hollywood break," and then it was kind of radio silence after that because there just weren't those roles anymore. Mm -hmm. And now what happened? This all Asian cast, uh, their movie won Best Picture. She won Best Actress. Uh, we had Katie Kwan winning Best Supporting Actor. All these things are happening, and it is opening the door, and it is for for a lot of people, as they as they readily said yeah. over and over in their speeches. Um, if we want to talk about the other awards, um, it's they're they're less notable uh, in terms of what we were talking about with the actors, of course. Mm -hmm. But like, from a purely statistical standpoint, first time in ten years that there's been an editing sound split with yeah. everything yeah. everywhere yeah. and Top Gun winning. Mm -hmm. I mean that you know it's pretty. It was pretty clear the Top Gun was going to take home the sound prize mm -hmm. but i Could was have easily been all quiet on the western front though no yeah, idea well, blind sweep <laughs> yeah um but the the split i think that we we do have to think you know the film with the most editing is probably everything everywhere um yeah. but it has good editing i yeah. think that that there are parts of the film that abram talked about in our actual review that do feel like they drag and go on a little too long particularly in the the fight scenes that i feel like we yeah. That was our main contention with the yeah. film. But by and large, man, I, it's understandable. You can tell what's going on in this movie, even though, oh my God, is it ridiculous and takes place over you know, mm -hmm. all these multiverses and there are different versions of the same character that are being played by the same actor and through the editing keeps it intelligible and yeah. keeps us moving forward. And Which is such an impossibly difficult task to manage, yeah. especially when you consider the... A variance of the shoot of each scene might have been shot over mm -hmm. like multiple days of shooting yeah. in different locations and different sets and then matching those in the camera and then in the edit like there's so much that went on there that we talk about editing good editing being um invisible yeah uh, but i think i honestly think i disagree because my favorite elements of editing this year were when Elvis had split screens, and uh -huh. when and when uh, everything ever all at once has twenty of Michelle Yeoh in different crazy ridiculous CGI costumes flashing in a moment, like that makes me feel the power of cinema in a different way. And mm -hmm. knowing the production behind it, and and the way that it turned out as well as it did with the, as much crazy crap as is going on, that's like 
that's a win for editing. It's like, no, editing can handle this. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you might have thought that it would have been too far, but no, they did it. They actually, they controlled it. <laughs> it's an interesting slip because you listen to everybody behind the camera and or in the cast and crew talk about how the film is so empowering. And it makes it makes something like this feel feasible yeah. for anybody. Then you watch the film and you're like, I could how? Never. Yeah. How is it possible? And, and I think yeah. that's a really interesting line of the film walks. There are such a level of, of cohesive artistry. And as you're saying, Tucker, visible technical skill yeah. that is married to a cast and crew who deserved it more than anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's a really powerful synthesis. So even though I was saying before the, the showcase, there's a chance that somebody else takes it. Mm -hmm. There's a chance, there's a chance, there's a chance. There was really no way mm -hmm. anything other than this was going to win. Yeah. yeah. We kind of, I mean, we reviewed this first when we, on yeah. our on our <laughs> series, and we said, and in that video, we, we said. We reviewed it before the movie was nominated. Yeah. We true. did review it before yeah. the movie mm -hmm. was nominated, and in that video, you can see it. Mm -hmm. or you can hear it, too. Yeah. yeah. Where we say that it's going to win. Should well, we? I kind of want to give I this a score. We, 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 we've time. talked about everything. We, we, you know, we talked about the writer and director Daniel Kwan, what, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, the wire to go. We talked about the performances, editing, everything. Yeah. Let's get into it, the scores. Let's figure out where this film goes. No, it didn't win score. Because Blom 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 won score. That's true. Blom 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 didn't win score. Babylon was the best score. Well, now, I just want to mention, because yeah. we're not going to talk about the Oscars, this last Oscars yeah. again on this channel, um, is if Babylon had one score, I wouldn't have any complaints with last night. Yeah. Like, I would have yeah. been like, okay, uh, yeah, I guess I would have wanted Angela Bassett or Hong Chao to win for supporting actress, but whatever. Mm. But, <laughs> uh, if that, that feels like an out-of-time Oscars win of like, yeah, yeah, it's winning other things, so I guess we'll give it scores. Like, no, 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 no. Calm down. Listen to Justin Hurwitz's score. Uh -huh. Probably an all-timer. You will regret this. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of... You're, you're, the, the, the narrative will change on this. Looking back, yeah. this is a, that was a bad choice. I don't think almost any of the other awards that went to this year were, yeah. will be a bad choice looking back. The other one, aside from everything everywhere to just mention, is Actor, which went to Brendan Fraser, yeah. which yeah. is, mm -hmm. again, a very, for very similar reasons to Michelle Yeoh or whatever, mm -hmm. a very deserved win. Mm -hmm. And I've been pulling for, for Austin, of course. I've also been pulling for my favorite performance of the year, which is Paul Meskel. Uh -huh. But the thing about both of those men is they're what? Like in their early thirties, yeah. yeah. Austin Butler is thirty. Paul Mescal is probably thirty-one. I think they're gonna fucking clean up. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> they the have thirty-five more years exactly. to win Oscars. So, so there's there's a feeling like that of even though, more than that if you count probably, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. They can like go to Bill Nye and, Bill, yeah. Yeah. and uh, James Hong. Yeah. yeah. So many of us pulling so hard for Austin. Austin's gonna be back. Austin yeah. Yeah. Elvis this Paul <laughs> Paul Mescal will be back with Gladiator Two or whatever. Paul Mescal might be he back actually, in the calendar year. Uh, you know, that's true. Yeah, I'm actually here. We go predicting it right now. Paul Mescal will be nominated for Best Actor for Gladiator Two. Yeah, and he also could for the 40 year uh, Linklater. Picture. Oh yeah, in like 20, <laughs> 20 45 or Check whatever. Check back in movie. 60 years. Yeah, whenever that movie comes out. <laughs> All right, we want okay. to go. Yeah, well, I got my score in. I, I oh, had I... to punch mine in very quickly because everyone in here can read my laptop oh, screen. Oh, right. which is my running. eyesight is not good enough. It's no, fine. Okay, okay, you ready? Not. Three, two, oh, I... one, go. Tanner, you didn't work. You have to hit. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go. Okay, I gotta go up the square. There, there we, we go. go. Oh, it worked. We have a score. The film. Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to receive a 9.3 from us. Uh, why don't we, okay, we go some... go down the uh, oh, line and say read what our out scores? our oh, scores? Sure. Yeah, since we're all here. Yeah. Abram, so, you gave it a... Uh, mine, 8.7. 8.7. Okay. You gave it 8.6. 8.6. 8.6. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sticking by my original score that I gave this in a review. I'm going 9.3. Yeah, I didn't change my much to 10. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm just double-checking what I gave it. I'm sticking with it also. I gave it a 9.5. So, so is that the same? Well, 9.3 would have to be not the same score that we gave it uh, in the nominees show since that, that film got a 9.2. Mm. Oh, Someone changed. changed. I might have moved up or down, but Maybe I well, yeah. was eight. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. Nine point three. I do think we're going to have to deal some ties. Yes. So we've got two films that sit here with a 9.3. This will determine if, it, if everything everywhere goes in our top 10 or not. Wow, yeah. okay. Because we have The Apartment and 12 Years a Slave, both at... Jeez. Yeah, both at 9.3. I mean, Ooh. I notoriously don't think The Apartment's that great. Yeah. So I obviously go everything everywhere Who above. votes above Apartment? 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll, I'm go. gonna do it. It doesn't uh, matter, but I, I, I'll, recent, I probably also recency go bias. Yeah, yeah. I like this movie a lot. I like the apartment a lot too. I love that movie. Yeah, Ugh, that movie has a lot to say about contemporary America when it was made as well. Sure, hmm. but now I like it. Twelve Years I a like Slave. It. Who who thinks that this movie goes above Twelve Years a Slave? So it's already at number ten. I don't know. My score is lower for Twelve Years a Slave, so I I will say yes. Above. My numbers say I have to put it below. Okay. It's been so long. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh, old sensei bias. <laughs> old sensei bias. I, 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 I get filmless bias. We gave both films the same score. As we've been talking about mm-hmm. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. Tucker is working on some Abram-specific math. I am. In that he's figuring out when I gave the highest score. Oh yeah, movie, I did When I gave the lowest score <laughs> in the movie, mm-hmm. and we're also going to at the end of the show have me look back at my own list and see if I agree with it. Oh, I see. That's fun. That's fun. It's coming soon. It's yeah. coming soon. And I have to say. This is a situation wherein I don't agree with my numbers. Mm. Okay. And I would put this film above 12 Years of Slave. Okay. I'm just looking at the list, and thank God we don't have to do any further deliberation because yeah. the film that's a, that's above 12 Years a Slave is Return of the King. Oh, wow. It's Wait, shut down there. But no, it's so we have right. to put it above because it's more, more winning. More, more, more winning Return of the King has a 9.4. True. I don't think we can, think we can out, fudge baby. the math for that. What do you... Uh, Oh, I, I just don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter because yeah. we're all above. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> You're fine. I will just not know. You're good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> I abstain. So there you go. Everything, everywhere, all at once goes at number nine on our list. That's 12 Years nine. a Slave moves down to number 10. And there yeah. you have it. Yeah. It sits above 12 Years a Slave and below Return of the King. For oh, fun, can sucks. we just get the top 10? <laughs> yeah, let's remind sure. our viewers of the top 10 of... Our great big quest for the bestest list, starting at the top with. What's an... out of ten? Build us this. Oh, yeah, oh you're right. You're right. You're right. You always do that. You you go yeah. down to the bottom. I'm like, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> um. So at number ten is the apartment. Nope. Oh. What? Twelve years a slave. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. At, the, <laughs> at, got it. at number ten is Twelve Years a Slave, as we it's just it's, determined. It is yeah, new spot. Um, with a score of 9.3, then at number nine, everything, everywhere, all at once, the most recent addition to the list. Above that, number eight, Return of the King. Oh. Then we've got a two-part back-to-back, starting with Godfather Part Two at number seven, and Godfather Part One at number six. This is so low. And then above and that, the top ten. Think about what movies come next. <laughs> think about those next movies, uh-huh. okay? After Godfather, going up is Titanic at spot number five. Too low. And then, Parasite. Also too loud. <laughs> and then Birdman at spot number Why? two. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And then Schindler's List at spot number one with yeah. a 9.9. Too high. For, what? What? Okay. Schindler's List. Schindler's, li- Schindler's List too high? Oh, absolutely. Tucker, you remember the review we did it, for that episode? Yeah, but that's like that's like my uh, 21st favorite best picture. Having ever. rewatched it, I think Parasite should be back at the top of our list. Mm. That's, just, that's, well, just, that's just a, that's just a Request. Theory. Yeah, we'll Request. see. We'll, see. we'll get there. We'll get there all. We'll get there all in due time. Full but hour and a half length parasite episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, just shut, shut, everyone shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. We'll get there in due time. But we gotta finish this job, ladies and gentlemen. Mmm. And we have to know what we gotta talk about next. Oh, we God. do have to know what we're the gonna talk about. The gods of random chance have awoken from their slumber. <laughs> <sighs> oh. The, Correct me if I'm wrong. We have eight films. I believe it's eight. Yeah, I have no idea. Let's find the list. I think it's eight. Talk after when you when you find the list, would you read them yeah, off let's, for us? Because we, we we've been yeah. away from this big series from yeah. a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gotta remind ourselves, resituate it for our final sprint to the end. Yes. Um, well, Tucker's finding it. I will. We we go back to our our other the, lovely faces. I'll just say, Timo is a man of great equipment. Yeah, yeah. high quality equipment. The lav mic cable is irritating my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> that's that Timo's fault, is well, that? You could have said something. I, I think I. Well, that's that's because of here. The, do you have nipple tape? Yes, <laughs> I do have nipple tape. I just gave it to you. Him. Know what? I just got to talk. I beat you to it. He's got the list. <laughs> I got the list. Well, you use my list. No, it's mine. <laughs> Actually, I made my own. Okay. Yeah. Going from uh, earliest to most recent. Yeah. The films are the eight remaining films: Wings, Cimarron. Cavalcade. These are those are all really old ass. Those are all old yeah. ones. The Lost Weekend. Ooh, yes. Cannot wait for that. All the King's Men. I I can wait for that. Big one. 
Big, big, big three actually at the top. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Wow. Yeah. Braveheart. Yeah. Whoa. And Million Dollar Baby. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a big three. And you know what? This is a great last lineup because it reflects everything. Yeah. It reflects the you know 50s, 60s. What the hell is this? The and 1920s. The oldest shit. Yeah. And, and then a bunch of like, oh wow, I can't believe we ever read that yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. What's it gonna be? What is it going to be? Oh, wait. oh goodness we... gracious. Wait, are we all gonna do it, we do it in unison? Can That's we good. do it in unison? Okay. Okay. All right. You know what? Just count it down. You will conduct us, okay? Three, three, two, one. Wheel, wheel, what's your deal? Give us a movie that makes us squeal. Is it on digital? Is it on real? Wheel, wheel, what's your deal? That was the wheel's deal. Is number five. Number five, which is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. We gotta uh, get the I'm, live I'm, reaction. We I'm, gotta do, get I'm, the doing live the, I'm doing the Tucker reading. That's Tucker reaction, on. of yeah. course. I'm not even peeking. A film starring such actors as Philip Terry, Jane Wyman, Ray Milland. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby. Let's and this will give it away because go. we just talked, yeah, we baby, just said let's it. Let's go, I know what it is. Directed by Billy Wilder. <laughs> Directed <laughs> by Billy Wilder. It is the 1945 film the Lost Weekend. Give me a beer, because this movie is all about alcoholism. It is about alcoholism. <laughs> it's Jesus not particularly subtle. No. Well, <laughs> I think that's that's his main conflict. Neither is alcoholism. And and as you'll see in this movie, mm-hmm. no, Fair it point. is not. This is a film I have been dying to talk about yeah. because it's like I feel like it's one of the most forgotten best picture winners. Absolutely, Absolutely. nobody knows about this. It's a this Billy movie. Wilder picture and who talks it's, about that? Uh, remind me of the year. It's wartime, I think. Yeah, 45. Early wartime. It uh, is dark. I, they get around the Hayes Code in creative ways. There's some... I have heard... What, the only thing I know about The Lost Weekend is that it's a, you know, it's a watered-down version of alcoholism from the book. Or no, the book isn't about alcoholism, necessarily, mm. is it? I'm do, have to, do your research. We'll do all research. We'll come back to you. I will, trivia boy. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. This is a film that I've studied in class. Trivia, white boy. Uh, I, I mean, I took the Wilder class, so I studied all those movies. That's, but we'll, that's uh, wild. Mm-hmm. Er. Nice. I'm excited for it. I'm excited, too. Yeah. Do we have any I final thoughts? About, uh, I haven't seen this film. Avon clearly hasn't seen this film. No, Timo not, has. Tucker, have you seen this one before? No. Okay. Is that a first? That's a, I think that's the first time what? Timo has seen the <laughs> movie. I've seen the one. film and nobody else has. <laughs> wow. We're breaking all sorts of records, just like everything everywhere all at once. Oh, look at us. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off and go on to... Nobody is paying attention to the season number on the podcast services, but we'll be going into season five. Wow. Well, why? How does that even make sense? I don't know. Don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> we've taken a lot of hiatuses. No, true. I don't think we should restarted after a hiatus, though. We'll figure it out later. When is this in season five? Don't worry. <laughs> I done the math. Last thing I want to say, Malala, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry, right. Malala. We're sorry, we're sorry for Jimmy Kimmel. We're sorry on his behalf. On, yeah. on, on behalf of all white boys, we're sorry for Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> we're sorry. Oh, what's the Biden? B-O-B, co- the internet's best oh, white boy. No, no, I may be a white, white boy, but, but I'm not stupid. stupid. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that, Jimmy. There's a lot of things that Jimmy's done that I wouldn't have done personally. <laughs> Just personally speaking. All right. That's going to do it from us. We'll be back shortly to talk about the lost weekend and to finish off the quest for the bestest. God, we're close. Yep, we're Two so months. close. Thanks for joining if we, us. If we stick to our word, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. If we can do, if we can do this, if we can do five, ten movies in two months, in six weeks, yeah, yeah. yeah. we can do it. Uh, we got it. Until next time, stay cool, keep warm, peace.